particularly over over, the, over that holiday season, um, you know, the barbecue. So that becomes, you know, again, crayfish. We sort of target those. Again, they might be sort of luxury, but we sort of spoil ourselves a bit rotten. Um, salmon always features uh, as well because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to get, you know, you can get it anywhere. Welcome to the Fishtail Seafood Podcast, Year in Seafood Global Wrap, where we were taking a dive deep into the ocean of news to net the biggest stories of the year. From the bustling fish markets of New York to the wild west coast off Cape Town, Africa, we've trawled the globe to bring you the freshest, most tantalising tales from the world of seafood. Joining us today from the land of the long white cloud, from his home port in Wellington, New Zealand, is fishmonger, chef, and all-round fish star, Martin Bosley of Yellow Brick Road. G'day, Martin. Okay, what a greetings, John. What, a, what an introduction. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, how's 2023 been in, uh, in, in the land of the Kiwi? Uh, you know, it's been a really interesting, it's been an interesting year. Obviously, we have a general election this year, which always puts a cat amongst the pigeons here. People um, tend to freak out and worry that there's, that there's no future beyond the general election date. So a lot of things sort of grind to a halt, but it always puts a bit of uncertainty into the economy. Uh, and that affects, of course, immediately that affects restaurants and, you know, people's spending habits and dining habits of what they're going to be doing. Um, so, yeah, so it's, been, so it's been an unsteady year is probably the best way of describing it. You've had a few challenges in the industry there. You've had consolidation with some of the major fishing companies and and various changes to the aquaculture scene as well. Can you sort of give us a bit of an insight as to what the sense on the on the water there is in New Zealand? Yeah, this, I mean, it's interesting you say. I mean, there's been a lot of consolidation this year. Obviously, we've seen the merger of some pretty big players. Um, you know, we've had Moana, the big uh, the big seafood company. They've um, you know they've leased out Sanford's. Um, uh, you know, total uh, their quota, what they call ACE. You know, they allow all catch entitlement, uh, which they've done for the next ten years. So that'll take the inshore fleet off uh, off Sanford's. So that'll be yeah, that'll be interesting to see what happens there. So Sanford's won't be doing any any sort of processing uh, in Auckland. They'll just you know be focused on doing the this sort of deep water fishing. Um, and then you've got Sea Lord and Moana, which have just which have also just taken over um, independent fisheries. Which is which is a really big purchase for those guys. Uh, so we're sort of seeing that consolidation amongst those bigger players, and of course the worry is for that is what will they, you know what will they do to the smaller fishing companies, the family-owned fishers? You know they make up sort of one percent of the market anyway, um, and it will be hard for them to sort of compete in uh, you know in that in that space. What does that mean for a specialty artisanal suppliers such as yourself? Will that give you you know, better access to some of these smaller guys that are, you know, looking after their product perhaps differently from the large guys or? Certainly that's the angle that we're looking at is that we'll, you know, is that we will be focusing on those smaller guys and how we get their product to market, uh, you know, because supply, of course, will become a big issue for for someone like us, you know, being, you know, being a small player in that. Um, you know, and we're sort of seeing that a wee bit now with, you know, some of those products that we've always had access to is now being squeezed out away from us and, into those big, the bigger players. So the focus will be on for us will be on those family fishing companies, those small, those smaller players, and going, you know, and helping them get their product, which is what we've kind of always done anyway with the Yellow Brick Road. Uh, it just means we, you know, we will be more focused on it, uh, which is a good thing to be. Um, and um, you know, we've, we've certainly not lost hope or lost heart or anything. In fact, we sort of see there's plenty of opportunities there for us. Absolutely. How about the year in in seafood? Have you seen much change to supply this year? And what's been what are, what's been the wins and I guess the losses to some extent? Well, the, 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 I mean the, the losses. I mean, I mean the losses have been the weather. I mean the weather has affected fishing so much this year. Uh, it's particularly in that um, agriculture 
water space with uh, with oysters. Uh, we've had some of the farms that we buy off, you know, they've been closed more days than they've been open, really, uh, you know, because of uh, runoff, et cetera, biotoxins in the water. Uh, rising temperatures, of course, you know, has affected um, oyster growth particularly. Uh, so, yeah, and, and then, you know, some some big seas, which meant, you know, I think we went for, in, in winter, there was a three-week period when one of our companies, they didn't put any boats out for three weeks. Um, because the because the weather was so bad, so that's you know that's really affected us to, uh, as to how to get around that. But in terms of winds, it's kind of it, it sort of made us more um, sharply focused as to what we do with that fish when we get it, basically, and you know and how we're and how we're how we're getting it to market once we do land it. Uh, we've seen a change in how chefs, are, I guess, are also working. Obviously, um, you know, aged fish has become a big thing here now. Um, obviously, we can thank Josh Nyland for that little number. Um, you know, more and more chefs turning to aging the fish in their fridges. Well, you know, I'm still not still not 100 on that one myself, to be honest, John. And I guess because of these guys have been looking at because also the price of fish has gone up here so much as well. I mean, it really has become a luxury item now. Uh, so we're looking at those, you know, those cheaper species. Uh, therefore, they've been looking at, okay, what are my alternatives to, uh, to to using this? So we're seeing the rise of sort of smoking, uh, and um, you know, of, uh, as a preparation of fish as well. So you know, like kahawai is on the rise, um, kingfish, you know, those sort of audio meats. Oh, there's audio fish, sorry. Uh, so we're sort of seeing a slight change there as well. So are you seeing that reflected uh, in specials or on menu main lists? Uh, you know, how's that being sort of, uh, and how's that ending up on the plate? Menu, menu, like menu main lists are still seafood scarce, right? There's, I think there's still a hangover here, a little bit of, uh, you know, the, the post-COVID, we were worried about putting seafood on menus in case we all got locked down again and we had to throw the fish out. So there's still so so when menus got consolidated post-COVID, seafood is one of the victims of that. So it's been slow to recover. So we're definitely seeing it more as a, as a, as a specials-based um, product when you know they've got a big weekend coming up or an event coming up or you know they've they've ridden winter out and now here comes summer so seafood is coming back so we're seeing a bit more of a focus you know the the rest the chefs are looking at that but again you know when I say that you know seafood is becoming expensive um, you know we've seen a rise in the sales actually of our expensive fish crayfish salmon you know those 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 you know the harpook and the blue noses but I mean blue cod is now sixty five bucks a kilo for skinless bonus fillets here uh, and it, and it, and, it, and it's selling better than it used to sell. So, you know, kind of go figure on that one. So are you saying that there's a sort of a recognition for the value of the wild-caught seafood in particular in New Zealand? I think we're finally getting there, John, that we recognise that, 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 that we have got a wild-caught fishery here and that, the, and that there is value in that. Um, and I, you know, I'm not quite sure whether it's because it's chefs returning from overseas or tourism or whatever it is. But I mean, there's been a big move now with the um, with the fishing industry actually, with the industry transformation plan that came out in I think back in August, uh, which is you know, which is identifying the fact that we've kind of got a wild caught industry that needs protecting and needs promoting and needs um, you know, needs education around it and needs you know, it needs a lot of support. Those sort of identify five key areas there. So hopefully that's going to be that's going to be really beneficial for the industry. And eventually, for people um, people like myself, you know, that's fantastic. Yeah, Matt, have there been any significant shifts towards you know sustainable fishing or seafood sourcing in New Zealand over the past year? Do you think? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think there's been really interesting. Like, I think. Possibly not as much in the last year, but I think going forward with a new government, new fisheries minister who's got, um, who's been the chair of um, Sea Lord at one point, or I think Central Sea Lord, um, you know, who doesn't take, um, 
you know, I was in the industry here has suffered a lot over the years, John, from um, the NGOs who, who, who have put the boot into the commercial fishing industry and have said that, you know, that basically we have just been plundering the ocean right around the coastline. Which just isn't which isn't true, and the industry's not really done a great job of, of protecting itself from that. So we seem to have got a guy now who's there who's going. Actually, he he knows that that's not true, uh, and he's going like, you know, let's get you know. He recognises that we need to protect the commercial fishermen um, as much as, uh, as as much as looking after the recreational fishers. So so that so that drive for sustainability has has, has always been there, um, but I think it's becoming wider you know wider recognised now that we have got. I mean, ninety eight percent of the so ninety six percent of the fish that was caught in this country this year was um was from was from healthy stocks so you know it's it's getting that message out there that you know that, that it's okay to eat fish again um that you know that it's not that it's not an endangered species uh and that it is wild caught you know i mean we've got i mean sorry i mean i mean someone, you look at someone like um like sanford's um you know they've got the, the, their investments in aquaculture are bigger greater in australia than they are in new zealand because it's so hard through the Resource Management Act here to actually create the water space for aquaculture. So, you know, so, that, so that's something that I think, needs, I think that's something that really needs to change here, that we need to make it easier to open up the water space to allow aquaculture to start flourishing because there's huge potential growth there on that, you know. Absolutely, and it's certainly those trends we're seeing worldwide. So, but moving on to the, the, the seasonal specialities and holiday season, I mean, do you – Remind us again what what uh, you know Christmas and New Year look like in the seafood world, in New Zealand. Yeah, it's funny. Isn't it? like, so you know, it, it flies in the face of um, of those European countries, which is like you know we love oysters and in summer here, which of course is the hardest time to get them. Um, you know, we, we kind of forget that oysters are actually like a winter food. So in summer, we we sort of see ourselves sitting there drinking Sauvignon Blanc and eating a, you know and, and eating a plate of um, I don't know your favourite Pacific oysters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the Sauvignon Blanc of the oyster world. I think I heard you call it one day. Um, you know, it, it, you know, we kind of we sort of sit there, but it's you know we it, we, we focus on shellfish, the tour tour, the clams, uh, the power power fritters. You know, we, it, it becomes a very relaxed way of eating, uh, particularly over over the, over that holiday season. Um, you know, the barbecue. So that becomes you know, again crayfish. We sort of target those again. They might be sort of luxury, but we sort of spoil ourselves a bit rotten. Um, salmon always features uh, as well because it's you know it's 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 easy to get. You know, you can get it anywhere. Um, and also, of course, the fish that people are catching themselves, and that tends to be you know, whatever location you're in, be the, is the fish that's out the front when you go out in your little tinny and drop a line over the side, be it, you know, snapper, terakee, blue cod, whatever. Matt, have there been any, have there been any sort of like uh, global trends that you've you've seen come into this holiday season that you haven't seen before? Um, yeah, I'm kind of getting asked a lot more, for, but I think we've been pushing it for a long time, right, the whole nose-to-tail eating thing and getting fish on the bone uh, as opposed to just getting fillets. So we've seen a definite strike towards that. More chefs asking it for uh, uh, for the heads, you know, can I, you know, can I have the head on? Previously it was always headed and gutted. Now, you know, I think they're recognising that there's, that there's value, there's meat, there's oils, there's, there's good things happening in the head of a fish as well that can be used. So I think, I think our chefs are definitely looking to what's happening overseas and going, oh, oh, that's interesting. And now really Realize, and, I'm not, and instead of looking at overseas and going, oh, I wish we could get halibut here and, and stop it there, they now go, well, I can still 
I could do that process with a fish that we catch here. Why don't I try that? So we're kind of opening our mind up to you know to, to those overseas, I guess those overseas trends, uh, you know, and, and and picking it up. Um, and yeah, and I think it's um, and that's a healthy thing, right? I mean, I just we went for a while there where all we were selling was skinless bonus fillets, and now we're putting you know scaled and gutted fish back into restaurants, which is great. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what's going to be what's going to be at the uh, in the centre of the table in the Bosley household on Christmas Day, mate? Well, it's funny. So, so actually, I was, just, I was just plotting my Christmas menu um, uh, earlier this afternoon. Um, I love ikamata. We call it ikamata here, which is coconut marinated fish. Uh, which you know, it's you know, it's got coconut in there, and it's got the lime juice and layers oh, yeah, of caps comes into it. A little bit of red onion, a little bit of you know, some chili and some coriander, and a big bowl, a big bowl of that with you know, some crusty bread or some tacos on the side. You can't, you know, you can't go wrong. Uh, I'll have some fritters coming off the barbecue, without a doubt. Some power fritters and maybe some tour tour fritters. Um, we'll uh, we'll obviously have the uh, the uh, the crayfish. Uh, I've got some beautiful actually Australian wild caught tiger prawns. Uh, I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be featuring those this year, which we haven't done in the past. Uh, so we'll be it'll be a seafood extravaganza, and the, probably the big thing would be um, I'll do a centre of plate, uh, sorry, centre of table, um, whole grilled snapper or something, big size. Yeah, you know. Keeping it simple though, John, I'm not doing anything overly fancy. I'm just going, it's grilled, here's a wedge of lemon, it's got some chopped parsley on it and some olive oil, you know, like pass the wine. Yeah, yeah, let's go, you know. <laughs> Excellent. And what about looking into 2024? Do you have any hopes or aspirations or expectations or importantly, what are your predictions? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, they, uh, you know, you look at, you know, the economics of 2024, that's probably not looking that fabulous. Um, and, you know, co- you know, cost of living, inflation, the same stuff that's happening with the rest of the world around. But I've kind of, you know, I've kind of come to the conclusion that re- re- recessions and that sort of thing only happen if you agree to take part in them. Uh, so I've, I've decided not to, I'm not going to take part in them anymore. Um, and economists are great at telling me what happened three months ago rather than what's happening right now. Because a lot of the time that they've said to us, oh, the economy's absolutely buggered, we've been really busy. I'm going. I don't know, really, because I'm not saying we've actually had a great year on the, you know, on the on the fish front, on the on the business front. It's been really good for us, and I, so so I'm hoping that's going to continue on into next year. You know, we I mean we put fish primarily into restaurants, and that's where people are buying fish. They're not buying it so much at the supermarkets. They're going into food service places for it, um, and and and, that, and I think that bodes really well for us. Uh, you know, that's you know, so that because that's the you know that's the, the the end of the pool that we play in. Um, so I've got my you know I've got my hopes up. I'm always I'm always an optimist about these things. Uh, I'm excited about the challenges that the new year will bring. Um, you know, and I think we've got some really progressive things happening. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, it's um, finally I've got chefs buying flatfish, John. Finally, it's taken three or four years to get them there, but finally, it's, you know, finally it's starting, finally it's starting to happen. So you know, it's, um, these are all positive moves, you know. That's fantastic, Martin. As always, it's just brilliant to get your insights of what's happening in the world of seafood in New Zealand. Thanks so much for joining us today and all the very best for Chrissy in the new year. And I certainly look forward to uh, sharing a glass, a laugh and a piece of fish with you soon, mate. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, indeed, indeed. All the joy and goodwill to you and yours, John. Take it easy. This is Fish Tales, a seafood podcast. A Deep in the Weeds production, I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Fishtails Seafood Podcast or email us at fishtailspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. 
Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.